Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look like you're going to say I was something. about to jump the gun, but I, I made eye contact with you. I was just going to say, hey, do you like podcasts? Well, then you're going to love this podcast. <laughs> we should start every episode with that. Yeah, we really I'm should. sure if they're listening to this podcast, they're aware of how good we are. There, When I used to work at a radio station, there was this advertiser whose literal, their intro to their commercial was, are you ready for the extreme experience? Well, now you are. I'm like, what? That doesn't make <laughs> that any sense. Even mean? Uh, and then they'd play this like jammed up music. Coming off the heels of our 50th episode, which means we're sure for a letdown here on our 51st episode. Yep. I think the 50th episode was a little bit of a letdown. There wasn't a lot going on there. Yeah, it's yeah, like, hey, it, we're going to talk about Tomb Raider. And to be honest, this week is a little light from topics, but... But the quality is yes, way more than the quantity. We're going with quality this week. We've got several things to talk about. First of which is Sea of Thieves. We've we talked about it a little bit last l- last time. I, no, I just said a little bit. That sounds like you're drowning. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about Sea of Thieves just a little bit last episode, so we gave some initial impressions, but we've had several more hours with some hands-on gameplay and we really kind of want to give it our final verdict. Yeah. Something and, we'd stand behind saying from here on out. Right. This is what I think of it. And I think we're also in the place to do that with Far Cry 5. The review or the impression? Do you want to do just impression? I can't review it yet. I haven't played it all. I know, me neither. It's going to take a long time. Okay, well, we, we will give we'll our... review what we've done so far. A little bit of impressions on Far Cry 5. But overall, our big topic of the week has to be Ready Player One. How could it not be? Ready Player One is one of the bigger movies out right now. We saw it, and we really want to talk about all of... All the geekiness yeah. that came with that movie. There was no shortage. Unfortunately, like all podcasts, we have to say thanks to our fake sponsors because, you know, they give Sometimes us the money to make this to, possible. But this time I think we get to. Okay. I, Perspective I, can this change. This one's kind of fun. Uh, luckily, we have a lot to go through this yeah, week. Yeah, let's, let's just tell you about who's making this episode of the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon Possible. A couple new... Uh, concepts and ideas we want to introduce you guys to first of which uh, is a new website it's many hands don't make for a lighter load.com you've heard that expression right all one word all together yeah you know you've heard the expression well many hands make for a lighter load yeah like when friends need help moving or something like that well this again one more time if you're hearing this for the first time many hands don't make for a lighter load.com and what it is it's a website for circle jerkle Many hands don't make for a lighter load.com, and it's a website for circle jerk enthusiasts. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about checking it out. Sounds like something I'd be interested in. Yeah, I'll check that out. Please do. Our next sponsor is ziprecruiter.net. About time we got those guys on board, they're like on everybody's podcast. Oh, no, you're thinking of ziprecruiter.com. This is a little different. Okay. ZipRecruiter.net is a place where you can post jobs and get candidates with zipper skills for your zipper manufacturing company. Very finite. Very finite, but you know what? It's a niche that needs to be filled. Do you know anybody with good zipper skills? No, I don't, but I I know where to go. You're darn right. And when you're done looking for, you know, qualified candidates to fill your jobs and post and you're tired, you're looking what happens when you work too much? You're looking for a little bit of vacation, right? Yeah, I need downtime, yeah. You sure do. Well, 
unfortunately, you and I can't go to this next place. But guys, for all the ladies in your lives, all the ladies listening, of which we assume there's a lot, check out this all-new female bottomless beach resort. It's called Sandbox. Oh. Yeah. I like the name. I get it. You know, um, my mom actually went to that a few years back. Right. She loved it, but she had a problem because she she brought her cat, and they wouldn't let the cat into the beach resort. So they're kind of like got a, a no... A no pussy policy. policy. Yeah, so a no pussy policy at an all-female bottomless beach resort. It's Just leave your cats at home. Surprised. Okay. Cats don't need a vacation. They don't do shit anyways. Finally, our last sponsor is a product that allows you to be the hipster as well as the drunk in your family. It's a product called Soy Baracho. It's the world's first and only soy-based tequila. How convenient. Yeah. So I can have Everything my pla- I love wrapped up into one. That's two plant-based uh, liquids in, in your body. That sounds great. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you to all our fake sponsors. If you want to check them out, uh, then you're a fool. What do we have that's <laughs> real? So what we really have, should we get into Sea of Thieves? Let's talk about the Sea of Thieves. So let's make this our games discussion. So last time we spoke, we had, I think I said I had maybe four hours. You had probably less than that Couple. on Sea of Thieves. And really we were giving our initial impressions on what, we were, what we've found so far in Sea of Thieves. Turns out... There wasn't much more than you can get in the first few hours. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable like giving it my own personal verdict based on just the limited gameplay I had. And I kind of feel like maybe in retrospect, that was all I really needed. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about that. And when I was like, well, I feel like my impression is pretty much the same. But I think we should go a little bit deeper into what that impression is and sure. why. In, in our final verdict here, because we've probably had, I mean, how many hours have you had behind this? Somewhere between 10 to 15, and I feel yeah. like that's probably all I really want. And I'm somewhere probably between maybe 15 to 20. Right. And just from a bird's eye view, it is still the same absolutely gorgeous game with very, very light gameplay and content. It's and skip. that is ultimately this game's total downfall. And I think one of the things we talked about last time is we said, you know, this feel, game feels incomplete. That was the word I, mm-hmm. I used, and it still rings true in my feelings of it. And I thought, okay, so eventually they'll patch this game, or they'll come out with an update or free DLC that's going to make it, like, hopefully unlock some of its potential. Mm-hmm. And just, like, two days after uh, we talked about it, I underwent a, uh, a system, not a system, excuse me, a... Uh, a nine gigabyte... Update, update to the game and i was like oh cool so like that's yeah. that was the size of the original download itself <laughs> no so i'm like okay so here's some, the content some major content is coming is what you thought. i didn't see a damn thing change nope what the hell how they were nine maybe gigs... a little bit of bugs bug fixes and that's it and the game is super glitchy especially in online play it i've noticed really the is. more i play it the more you I play and i online. were playing online dude there were times where we just couldn't hear each other literally we were seeing two different things because mm-hmm. like when we were sailing and i was you know captaining the ship uh, steering the wheel, the boat was going underwater. I'm like, no, boats don't go underwater unless they're sunk, and we were not sunk. And then there'd be times where I would be up on the uh, the crow's nest or whatever uh-huh. you call that. I'd be up there, it'd glitch out, and then I'd be in the water or I'd be on an island buried or digging up buried treasure with you. The game would glitch out, and I'd be out in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, and it the, glitches. The hard. funny thing is, is when you were around me, 
it was less of a glitch because I was the host of the game, so that might have been the reason. Yeah. But and and you looked for the most part fine. But when you were further away, when you were on the ship and I was on the island, I could look over at you and I, you looked like um, twitching nightcrawler, just <laughs> yeah, teleporting, teleporting back and, and forth all over the ship. It was really that's weird. what was going on my screen. But what you were seeing wasn't necessarily what I was seeing. But it w- it was enough to know something was wrong. And that's happened several more times. I also want to talk. And it happened to me separately yeah. when I was just playing by myself. Annoying. Yeah, that's inex- it's inexcusable. It really well, is. It, you know, for a it, game that's it, it depends because so like, solely not solely but so heavily based on multiplayer. Well, look and at online some, play. Yes, look at a game like uh, any well any game by Bethesda, right? The the glitches in the Bethesda games and Fallout and Elder Scrolls. They're almost Scrolls, charming. They become charming, but it's because most of them aren't you know game killing glitches, and in this case, it didn't seem game killing where saves are lost or anything like that. But you forgive someone like Bethesda because they have so much packed into one game Yes, that you kind of have to be like, hey, with all of that crazy-ass code that you guys have written that that is just floating around your game, there's got to be a little bit of bugs here and there. And so we forgive that. But in a game like Sea of Thieves, yes, it's very wide open. Um, and so it's, you know, and I know that takes up a lot of data. And yes, everything looks great. But when you don't have any voices in there, you don't really have any um you know you don't have any non-playable characters besides a couple of merchants and the scene never it's, really has to change it is beautiful open world water right. based yes i'll give it that but then there's just a rock formation here a rock formation there yeah. and the the lands that you well I, I don't know how to say it but that you you dock on i was gonna say the lands that you land on that wouldn't sound right but where you end up docking on and you know putting f- boots to ground they're very similar they are. Well, I mean, it's all a kind of a Caribbean, beautiful islandscape, but after a while, that gets a little tiring. You almost wish that as you, say, as you progressed north on the map or something like that, mm-hmm. that things would look a little different, right? Things might become a little bit more rocky or um, the the sands on the beach get darker or something Yeah, the terrain changes. To, yeah. Maybe islands get bigger and are more mountainous or something like that. But you don't get that. No, you there's, don't. There's no differentiation in all of the map, just besides the actual shape of an island. Yes, and this game has very lax, if any, troll control. You know what I mean? People can just come mm. on your game, be idiots, ruin it for you, hop off. You, yes. you can what your protection is? You throw them in the brig, and then they just keep talking anyways, and they play the music or the. All the little stupid emotes you yep. can do that actually become really a distraction. Yeah, and, and then annoying. all they do is drink, 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 and, and play then that stupid. F- play the music, and when if you go down there to f- fix a ship, they just throw their vomit on you. Which it, it's dumb. There needs to be a way to vote out players. Yes. And I see what they were going with. They were thought they they thought, hey, you know what? On a ship of four, we don't want them to just be able to kick people off continuously, right? I get that. But in this type of situation, when you have so many people that are just trolling, you need to. I actually haven't found a a party where the majority actually want to play just yet. Oh, really? See, I have. I And those are where this game is fun. And actually, let's take a little moment to discuss what we do like about the game. Okay. Because the game is not hopeless. No, not at all. The game has so much potential. So there are moments in this game that I absolutely love where... You might come up on another ship and 
it's kind of a do or die situation. You know that you have treasure and you know that they want to take the treasure. And so you do enter this battle and I've had experiences where like my heart starts beating, you know, a little bit fast and I could feel it and it's exciting. And there's like a little bit of adrenaline going through your body. Those are the types of experiences that really shine in this game. The unfortunate thing is, is they happen so few and far between. It makes you question whether or not the hour and a half you had to play the game through this boring, slow gameplay is worth that one instance that shines for you, you know? So I guess when I talk about the good things, those are the good things that I really like, is the, the PvP situations that really are exciting and exhilarating uh they just they just don't happen as often as i would like yeah frequency is an issue in this game um just the overall style of gameplay is just it's hard to get excited about it you know what i mean the sailing awesome the sailing is we, one of the we touched things. on that last time yeah i mean it was apparent just from the demo and then the beta and all this stuff that that was going to be a strong point and it's great um just you know all the attentions to detail and angles and learning the patterns of the wind and mm-hmm. adjusting your sails. I like that. Um, you know, dropping anchor, dropping your sail. Dropping trial. All that. It's really important. You know, you're going to get wet. I promise <laughs> you. The water looks amazing. Just when you hit a hard wave and hearing it crack uh, the wood, you know, a little bit. That's great. But Yeah, then the sound effects are really good well, when it comes to the ship. Yes. So th- those those are the good parts. There's not... I, I touched on this last time and you said, yeah, there is. It's under there. But I still don't hear it. I don't see it. Well, you don't see music, but I just, the music, the musical cues are off in this game to me. And there should just be like some good sailing music when you're just out on the the ocean, I think. I think that they want you to play the music because you have instruments. Yeah. So one of the neat things is if you're going with a crew, you can each play your own instrument and it, it adds to the song. And when the more people you have playing, the cooler it sounds. A little jam. And I, I liked that the first time I heard that, but the song is always the same. Yes. And so it got to the point that if I'm sailing in a crew of four and one person who, I mean, we're like sailing for five minutes to another island, right? So there's a a lot of downtime. And so somebody pulls out their instrument and starts playing. I actually get annoyed with them at that point because I'm like, dude, I'm so sick and tired of hearing that song. What I was going to say is as a comparison, the waves look so real and the the view from the, uh, the wheel looks great. Mm-hmm. And then, but let's say you get a crack underneath, and then it just looks so cartoony underneath in your bow, if you will. You mean like when water when, starts pouring yeah, in? It just looks and super cartoony. And the way you and, have to. And I'm not saying that's a bad it, thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like, well, which one is it? You know? Yeah. It, it, it's such a, a a harsh comparison. It just kind of just doesn't vibe with me. The characters are like a vast difference in themselves where you have these really silly characters, but when you're on the ship, the ship itself and the water looks very realistic and cool yeah so i guess it's a clash yeah it's a it's a clashes and i mean i like the art style but i do feel that continuous clash agreed you know it's been probably a good 10 minutes that we've been on this i think that there's a lot to to talk about and it's mostly negative for me which does put this at a pretty if i was writing up an editorial or a review or something like that I couldn't give this really high marks. I really couldn't. Yeah. You know, based on what we're playing. And the thing is, is if they fix this game later on down the line, I feel like I'm just gonna be like, sorry, I've moved on. Yeah. I don't know if fixing this game at this point is going to breathe new life into it. Like you look at like destiny and it worked where they 
were able to fix it and patch things and it became a much better game and people really did get on board but you did still lose about at least 50% of the folks who Big tried it in off. the beginning and were not willing to try it again and I was one of them and I feel like I'm going to be one of those folks on this game as well because a year from now they can come out with, and I'm sure they will come out with more stuff but I'm going to be too kind of jaded and I'll be moved on like to other things. You're darn right. I guess I'll go first if I may. I hate judging things because I'm not a professional reviewer, but I'm just saying on my own personal scale of one to ten, I couldn't give this any higher than a six. Like I agree. It's not completely a fail, you know, because there are some points of redemption for it, but it is just it's not there. Yeah. I would be right in line with you. I, I think the good things are obviously the environment is beautiful, the water and the ship and sailing, and it can be sort of tranquil like almost oh, peaceful yeah. to get on there. But then I don't want to play a screensaver. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is like, if I get onto that game, I'm not looking to get on there as therapy and to take a peaceful boat ride. It's a video game. I want a little bit more action. And so because of that, because the lack of content is crazy. Oh, and the, the, the scaling up of your character or the Ugh. leveling up of your character is so incredibly slow. It's, and it's very demanding of its players. And they it, want to make oh, it the only game that you play. You're just grinding. Every mission feels like a side mission in a better game. And those are all you have to do to level up your character, but it takes so many hours. So there is something, and we I kind of mentioned this earlier today, there is something different that happens at level 50 when you become, become legendary. Legendary, right. When you become legendary, besides a few, you know, you get a new outfit and whatnot, you actually get access to some sort of hideout which oh, is something right. that I have like been, home I think, should be there at from level five or ten. Yeah, that should be there. But you do get more out of the game once you hit that. I can't. Promises. Who's willing to wait? Yeah, I can't believe they put it through a, a you know seventy hours of gameplay to get there. Like that's not cool. Yeah, and that's just a shot in the dark. I mean, who knows if it takes someone longer? Yeah, yeah I don't forget know. that. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I would. Normally, I'd give it like a 60. I think the fact that I spent 60 bucks on this <laughs> makes me, the more I play it and the more I just kind of go, why am I playing this? I, I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it like a 50 yeah. at this point. Cool. Well, sorry, rare. It's not that rare of a game. Nah. Yeah, good pun burn. A while ago, you and I were talking about both of these games coming out and we we're like, okay, which one, if you one are you going to be one, yeah. excited about? If you only could buy one, what would you buy? And I said, I'll buy Sea of Thieves. And, and I was like, like, see, oh. I think I'm going to buy Far Cry 5. And true to our words. And we did exactly but you that. you made a little bit of an amendment with my help. I'm not trying to take credit, but I did. What was my amendment? You went and bought Far Cry 5 anyways. But because oh, I, did, yes. I told you about GameStop. And, you but know, to be fair, if Sea of Thieves was better, I probably wouldn't have bought Far Cry 5. But it's not so. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. So yes, I ended up buying C, uh, Far Cry. See Far Cry. <laughs> it turns out you were right. I was wrong. So let's talk about Far Cry. Yeah. No real spoilers because there's not a whole lot to get into, and anything we have to say in, based on our play already, you probably already know. It's the the same ending. It's the same game. But yeah. goddamn, dude, did they make it fun again? Yep. They always do. I skipped out on Far Cry Primal. Full, full. I didn't, and I didn't really like it. I did Cry not 5. like Far Cry 4. Did I say that right? What, you didn't like Far Cry 4? I did not like Far Cry 4. Really? Yeah, it was just wasn't oh, different I enough thought, for me. Okay, don't get me wrong. Far Cry 3 was definitely... Oh, it's the landmark. The landmark one. Yeah. 
when you have vast Montenegro, awesome. But Pagan Men in the next one was pretty good. But really, but that it, was my one of my complaints. We did, weren't podcasting uh, back when that game came out, but there wasn't enough of him. I thought. Okay, that, that, I could totally get that. Yeah, but I, I I do think that they went from more of a horizontal landscape to a much more vertical landscape. Yes. 3D map finally, and you don't have to. Ri- mm-hmm. I lo- okay, so right from the beginning, when the game is giving you the basically the playthrough tutorial, it teases that you have to do the radio tower climb and to unlock the map. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Don't worry, I'll only ask you to do that one time." I'm like, "It made fun of itself because oh, now yeah. you get the full map." It's funny because I didn't even catch and that. everything's laid That's out. Funny. Yes, this is the same game. Yes, you spot people. They have the little you know indications that go on over their head. The little icons tell you if they're advanced or not, and the the same uh, warning. Uh, what do you call that? The when your white meter fills up on your screen yeah. when an enemy sees you, the the detection radar. The, yeah, an indicator that they're yeah. about to it, and see you. You do crafting, you hunt animals, but there's a lot of little subtleties they change just to make it enough freshness on a same engine with a beautiful new surrounding. Well, like you don't use eight bear skins to create a new satchel. I like that. You know what I mean? Like it's things are a little different that way, and it's just a much more straightforward system. It's like if you kill a bear and skin the bear. Go sell it. Go sell the the bear pelt, and then you can just buy something. Yeah, and yeah. it still has a skill tree, you know, a level up yeah. system, if you will. Perks, they call them. But it's not as... it's not. I don't feel like this perk system is going to take as long to unlock fully as it did in previous games. Yeah. I feel like we're getting um, a little more steam right from the beginning. It is interesting. I feel like they watered a lot of that down, which I don't mind. No, not at all. Um, I don't think it necessarily helps the game to water it down, but... I, whatever decision they had to do that, I'm totally good with it yeah. because ultimately at its heart, the gameplay is there. Yes. And this thing is cranking out side missions, at least in the early beginning. I'm only a few hours into it, but it's cranking out side missions like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool though. You can turn them on or off as you want to. So it doesn't just become fully like, I don't know where to go. But this game in particular, this this whole franchise, yes, no doubt. But this particular installment, if you have like ADD, or a short attention span. You will never finish You'll this never game. finish, yeah. Like <laughs> just the other day, we were playing the co-op, which we'll get into a little bit. But last night we were playing the co-op and you know we set a, a way marker probably like a thousand and three feet away. I don't know why I was so specific. <laughs> <laughs> was it exactly a thousand and three? I meant to say 1,300, but my math is not there. It's late. And do you know how many distractions there were just trying to travel a, a like an yeah. open road from there? Like every, well, especially when you were driving. Yeah, I'm a and bad I was. Well, no, well, that wasn't what I was going to say. Well, I am. When you were driving, I could. I'm looking out the window and I'm pointing out. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Or I'm looking at the map, being like, Oh, we're about to pass a prison. Should we visit the prison? Like, yeah. there's just so much and to do. And they're talking to you on the radio the whole time. There's helicopters flying overhead, enemy vehicles fly, like cruising by. Like, this game is not lacking content. It's the exact opposite of Sea of Thieves. Yes. You can get into this game and you can be more entertained without ever doing the actual full mission, like any of the story mode. And honestly, I was just playing today earlier. I didn't do any single mission. All I did was go and I just started killing animals. And then I just saw some people and I went after them. And then trucks passed by and they saw me and I went after them. And I played for probably about 45 minutes. Just... And I didn't do anything, it has, but I was totally entertained. It has all the controlled chaos of a, a Grand Theft Auto, of a Saints Row, in a really cool, you know, very simple but ambitious setting. Yeah. I really like it. Uh, little aesthetic changes I noticed they made. For instance, when you 
uh, claim your skin or your pelt. It doesn't actually show them because I remember that actually drew some oh, criticism. Oh, sti- stick your ne- knife, knife in, in and yeah, yeah. yeah I, I noticed it just as like, oh, you just got the skin now. I'm like, okay, I, I'm cool with that. I know a lot of people actually that was an objection they had to previous Far Cry. They kind of felt weird. Yeah. actually cutting it out. Yeah, especially like when you're doing it to a dog or something like that. No one likes that. Yeah. Uh, Still get to kill dogs in this one, but don't worry, they're bad guys. They're bad dogs. Um, the, <laughs> they're the bad dogs. Hired hands and then the guns for hire, or however they're called. There's two different tiers. Like the, there's the special characters, like a boomer, like a grace, the sniper, right. or the guy with the the uh, the bombs away guy. I haven't got him yet, but you can get them right off the bat. They're literally there waiting for you on the mm-hmm. map, and you can go get them. And then you can only use one at a time until you get a perk unlock to use two, or you can just have the everyday like NPC, not special character. Like uh, the hired one. Yeah. Just like this guy's decent with guns. But like I was telling you last night, if your, you know, computerized friend who you assign to you gets so many kills, they get two different uh perk unlocks. Just like, mm. oh, this person will scout enemies for you. And it's just like you don't know what you're gonna get. It's a random grab bag. Mm. And I really like that. It just keeps you guessing. You can send them away, you can hire them, they'll die sometimes. No big deal. It's kinda like um your in Skyrim when you can hire a friend to accompany you on your travels. Right. But they do it like it's a little more polished. I it mean, is. Granted, yeah. it's seven years later, so yeah. I like how um, so we were when we were playing uh, co-op, and we just we hopped in a helicopter, and I, we no were like, "Hey, see that big yes sign over there? <laughs> Let's go just fly over there and see if there's anything over there." Sure enough, there wasn't anything over there besides a giant yes sign, but it was all the way up this hill at the edge of the map. So I turn the helicopter around, and what, who do we see? It like way down at the map, running <laughs> the, up the, the hill. Do- the dog Boomer. Is Boomer, and I was like, "Oh, good dog. He's yes. still like following us." And I love how you know, even though you're like, "Well, that's not realistic." If you're who cares? You're looking at it that way, but yeah, it's cool. And or when he gets downed, all you have to do is go and pat. You him. just go pet him. He's like, "Oh yeah, those bullets <laughs> just, don't hurt me anymore." Just like a real dog. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, very cool game. Um, again, same engine. Hey, new guy that doesn't speak, and we can't see your face. Uh, I know, right? Help, they, help me track down three moose or something like that. Hey, silent protagonist. Yeah. Yes? <laughs> or, you know, and then it's got the outpost liberation, but it's just, it's charming, and it's got a fresh coat of paint on it, and a lot of things wear out their welcome by the fifth, really, and this, you know. This game kind of doesn't. No. It, and they're few, they're they're far enough between. Yes, right? they don't come they're out every year. They're not an annual release, like a, an Assassin. If Assassin's Creed came out every three years, I would never have gotten tired of Assassin's Creed. But at this point, I am because they came out way too often. Yes. Same with Call of Duty and all the other annual franchises. And I like how this one is sectioned off in like, instead of like progressing the story, yes, I'm sure it does have a linear-ish progression, but you can choose. There's three different counties or parts of the county mm-hmm. based on like, oh, this controller's Which here. Which sibling do you want Yeah, to and they're all, you know, associated with the father. The opening 10-minute sequence was really good. I thought it set up a very straightforward premise. It was a little creepy. dark. Yeah. You know who all those armed guys and the militant, religious militants look like? They look like someone from Walking Dead. Like, they're part of like... Uh, I actually did get that feeling, and yeah. I remember thinking about armed that, the that teeth. this, the way that they are acting... Is very Walking Dead-ish. And I, I like it. Um, Jared Leto, they used his likeness. Apparently. Yeah, for the guy, the, the father, Joseph. Is he Joseph? Yeah. Yeah, Joseph Seed. Uh, and there is something in this game called Bliss, which is, as I'm finding out just a little more through the play, that uh, is a, a big factor in all of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm really <laughs> gro- grooving with this game. I'm really loving it. The gunplay is tight. The only thing that, and this is a small gripe, just if you want to get, there are so many different kind of secondary weapons, like your uh, throwing knife or 
proximity bomb or hand grenade or something like that, mm-hmm. while you're in combat trying to scroll through those, it's tough. So you got to know what you want almost yeah, ahead of time. Yeah, you can't... The game doesn't pause when you bring up your wheel. No, it does not. So yeah, if you want a proximity bomb, but then you're like, hold on, left bumper... Uh, and I got to switch with my right directional pad. Yeah, it gets yeah. a little sloppy. Other than that, minor complaint, uh, I'd say just go with the dynamite. That's probably I, the best one then. Oh, I, I killed a bear with a grenade just Makes earlier sense. today, yes. obviously. Yes. Oh, and we can kill turkeys and skunks in this game. I've never in-game killed a turkey or skunk, to my knowledge. And it's fun. <laughs> it's just as fun as you would imagine. Yeah, I like that weird dichotomy between something that's really dark, like we saw at the very beginning sequence, and then you get into the actual game, and you realize that the actual game is sort of lighthearted and just kind of a big yeah, the, the shifts, Yeah, the is shifts in tone don't always work uh, in other games, but it, it does seems for, to it does in here. Far Cry games. It Far just Cry does. Has that? I mean, you can look at like some of the past games in Far Cry, like the Blood Dragon, for example. There's they take everything very lightly and add humor to it. Yeah. Literally, I was reading a note that said something about trout were racist yeah it was like trout have have not changed for thousands of years trout are racist or something like that There's it was a just a note and game. i was like that's hilarious like a lot of the little tiny things that they add in there are really funny yeah i agree this game is going to keep us coming back for hours i mean i can see myself playing this game a lot i don't think it's fair to give this uh you know a score or a, a letter grade or anything like that but i mean it's it's a quality game. This you can like, just tell. Yeah, we're gonna, God, we'll gonna be easily put fifty hours into this game. Oh, minimum. Um, and so this this will be something that we have to come back months down the road and go. Okay, we've beat it. Here's our final verdict. I'm digging it though. I really feel like this was a good purchase. Me too. And, and I like the fact that you know because I I thought the uh, Sea of Thieves game was going to be our go to co op. And it's not because it's not a fun co-op. It's very just much. not there. Yeah. This game it allows you to get with your friends and and either progress through the story and whoever's hosting the game, or just go and mess around. Like we did both. You were do you, we were doing some story missions, but then I was also shooting the characters that you were talking to. <laughs> And they react so so um, yeah. quickly. I well, like, like it. Like somebody's like literally in a mission story talking to you and telling you something important, and I point my gun at them, and they're like, "Whoa, hey!" Oh, and then point the gun at me. And so you know what's so clever? I don't think um, you heard it the same way I did, since we were you know in different places. So I was talking to the bartender. Uh, she's going to be like a, a main NPC. I can tell. Um, I was talking to her. You pointed, and she was in the middle of telling me about the next mission. And you point your weapon at her, and everything stops. And she goes, hey, you want to point that thing somewhere else or something mm-hmm. like that? And then I was like, dude, you dick. And I was like upset because I'm like, now I don't know what the mission is. I went back to her like a second later, talked to her again, and she goes, like I was saying. Yeah. And I'm like, that is freaking clever. Uh, there was a game that did that. She acknowledged uh, it, the fact it that It might have been the last game. I don't yeah, know, but I that's a really smart mechanic. There, there was a game where... Um, that was in a driving thing it, it, where whenever you were driving with somebody maybe it was um grand theft auto oh actually that, is that what I'm seems thinking. very where where a lot of the story is um through dialogue in the car yeah so you're driving while whoever's in the car with you is talking to you that sounds right and then when you hit something they'll just be like whoa hey slow down there anyway <laughs> and then they'll continue <laughs> what they were saying oh, kind I love of that wherever they kind of were last Smart. talking and that is clever. And I always thought that was kind of smart. And I think that that 
um, these guys kind of picked up on that. Yeah, without having finished the game, and I don't think this game you can ever truly finish, but you know what I mean, right. story-wise. Guys, go pick up this game. It, it's awesome. If you pick it up, you reach out to us on our email, which we'll give to you at the end of the podcast. We'll add you, give you our gamer tags. I want you to play it that badly. And we were so cool this weekend. Uh, we went and saw the new Stevenberg, Stevenberg, <laughs> Steven Spielberg film ready player one we're going to talk about we're going to spoil it but if you're like us you've probably seen it we're going to make it our topic of the week if you are a geek like brandon and me then we have a treat for you because ready player one is the epitome of Everything that you love of geek and pop culture. Expansive. Yes. Yeah. So Um, we should clarify by saying neither of us have read the book, right? Yeah, I haven't read it. I kind of want to now. I do too. And and everybody who's read the book is always saying I need to read the book. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But you know what? I'm reading a new book. The the, the giant compendium of Ninja Turtle comics that I bought. Go with that. (laughs) Um, you know, priorities. Yeah. I, 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 I need pictures <clears throat> in my reading, apparently. But yeah, so this this movie is uh brought to us by Steven Spielberg from the Ready Player One book, which from what I understand is quite a bit different mm-hmm. than I've, the actual I've been story. That. So there but, are is there are go ahead. But the movie. Yes. How would you kind of summarize it? Let's let's go over the brief summary of the plot here. So we've got We've got a futuristic world, I think 2045. It's not even that far in the future. Yeah, it really isn't. <laughs> uh, in Ohio? Yeah. It was somewhere in Ohio. It was a town in Ohio. Now, in this, in this world, they have created the ultimate virtual reality. It, it's like a, a, a world. It was a, an entire virtual reality do, world do you remember called when, the Oasis. Yes. Do you remember when that Second Life thing came out? Like in actual yeah. reality? It's kind of like Second Life in the future. But in v- virtual reality with... So much crazy customization. Where you live it out, not just through a keyboard, but, you know. Yeah. Where apparently nobody has copyrights on any characters. Nope. Because they're all there. In this world, I mean, this is like the biggest thing in the world. They don't touch on how anybody ever has jobs or makes money because everyone seems to be in game all the time in this world. Um, So they're in the Oasis but there, the creator has created an Easter egg in the game. Yeah. Uh, so when he dies, he can give the entire fortune and ownership of the Oasis to one person who f- solves all his riddles. And that is ultimately the story here. And it's a struggle between some younger folks who really care about the actual Oasis and what it can bring. And then a company called IOI, and IOI is a company that is specifically has a huge staff full of players that are in-game continuously trying to pass the tests, figure out the puzzles so that they can get to ultimate ownership of this. Yeah, they're just looking to monetize and commercialize this thing. Yep. So yeah, I mean it was corporate it was obviously like small town business versus corporate America. It was very much a Spielberg basic story. Yes. Like it, it's like a Goonies in a way, right? Where you have that 
band of kind of kids who are fighting the corrupt adults and trying to get you the treasure. Totally, yeah, you totally, yeah, literally trying to find a treasure. You you kind of get that same feeling of a storyline. Surpri- so I'm surprised. Sorry, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm surprised Sloth didn't make an appearance in this. Oh, he should have. Yeah, he really should have. Director's cut. That would be cool. Uh, I wonder if the director's cut has quite a bit more cameos that they were just like, you know what? That's not pertinent to the plot. It's a two hour, 20 minute movie. We should probably cut it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Brandon, the setting. We are in 2045. Yep. We're in the future where the future looks kind of dirty Dude, and what overpopulated. What did I say a couple, couple uh, recordings ago? The future always sucks. It does. And there's this world no is exception here. No exception. Everything's running on drones. And lots of like Blade Runner ish minority report virtual ads that interact mm-hmm. with you and look at you and stuff like that. Cool. Get it. But yeah, the, the actual reality of the thing sucks. It was a lot like The Matrix. You know, yeah. hey, do you want to be in this cool world where it doesn't really exist, but you know, it still has real life consequences? Or do you want to look at this drab, cold reality where it kind of just really yeah. sucks? And you I want the blue pill or red pill? It was basically like everyone is in the oasis because you can be whatever you want to be. You can do adventures. You can look however you want to look. And the almost sad part of of this entire movie, which I, I like that they kind of touched on it at the end. The the sad part is that people were living their entire lives in this in this game, whereas it made real life so sad. Mm. You know, every time this, I actually did like the times where you weren't in game, but when you had them switching back and forth. It made the times when you were in game so much better. Oh yeah. Than than when they were in the real world in this in this movie and um and I could just imagine what years of that would be like in real life if that were the situation. I agree. So um yeah and when does anybody have jobs besides those businessmen in the boardroom? Their job is to try to win this Easter egg now and then no longer have to work. Apparently, but in reality when do people ever work? I, I don't know. The only guys that really had a job, aside from the IOI, were um, the game creators in flashbacks. Now I'm going to forget their names. you know. But oh, Simon yeah. Begg was one, and then the other guy who looked like a perfect mix between Woody Allen and Garth Algar, the game creator. Yes. Wow. He uh, literally, like when I first saw him on screen, especially when he was older, I'm like, dude, that's Woody Allen and Garth Algar's baby right there. That's him. That's very, very astute. And there's some other really cool characters, um, you know, that we saw virtually and in the real life. So there was uh, Wade. Wade's the main, main character. character. And it, I like how he said, yeah, my dad wanted to name me something alliterative, like a, a comic book character, a la Bruce Banner or Peter Parker. And he's the ultimate fanboy trying to escape a crappy reality, living with his aunt and her abusive boyfriend. And I'm not sure what he does either. I thought they would show him at least have like a paper route or something like that. And he was Parzival in the game, mm-hmm. uh, his avatar. And he meets uh, his friend Z, who's got... <laughs> actually, who was a great character, I thought. Meets well, him no, a- he was Z, his friend H. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you for that. And then we had uh, Artemis. Mm, do you hear my voice? Just- <laughs> and then you had Artemis, his um, kind of, I don't know, rival at first in a weird way. Well, Competitive, in, she, friendly, she's competitive. She's a Twitch streamer. Yes. So apparently... Twitch is still around in yeah, 2045. The, that, the name. So dropped. when you're not actually in game, you're watching somebody else in game. Apparently, that's the entertainment. Um, but Artemis is is actually a Twitch streamer who he meets in real life, and he's sort of taken away by her. And uh, because they both 
end up wanting the same thing for to obviously everybody wants to find the keys to to this world but they both really want to use it for good not yeah take it out of the hands of corporate they called him a a, which they a sixer fixer because all the uh ioi um basically the the human drones are called sixers yep yeah so she was trying to hack the system so to speak she's kind of like a sombra in a a cool way oh yeah she was kind of like a sombra and she looked like someone from avatar as well cool look it was i you know the graphics in this and that's another thing we can touch on is the graphics were really impressive i mean you know there are there are a lot of times in movies like this where there's a switch back and forth between a real world and a virtual world but this one didn't take you out of it like you knew it was fake but you knew you were in this virtual world and it was done just so beautifully yes you didn't feel like it looked it wasn't jarring it wasn't jarring there was something smooth about it even though it was still it didn't look real but it wasn't supposed to look real agreed yeah the, the graphics were incredible yeah and then you had your bad guy um who was also played by the same dude who was uh Krasnick, Kresnik and Rogue One, the ben, yeah, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he played Sorrento. So I guess this movie is sponsored by Kia. Try the <laughs> all new Kia Sorrento. He was fine, you know, for what he was. And then there was a character which I've now come to understand they made up just for the movie. He wasn't in the book. Uh, voiced by T.J. Miller, he was this ultimate badass looking dude. I rock. I rock. Yeah, which I, he was okay. I think you that. probably like on a personal level because that's close to your uh, gamer tag. Oh my god, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You hadn't thought about that. No. You didn't notice when I tapped you and I was like, that's your, your gamer name. Oh, I, I was probably like, maybe it shut up, I'm listening maybe to Maybe I movie. wasn't sitting next to you. <laughs> it was dark <laughs> oh, in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just tapped some, tapped some stranger. And the game creators, well, one's really the creator. One was probably more like the financier. Uh, but partners who made this uh, whole Oasis happen were Holiday. Holiday. I can't remember. Holiday. Holiday, thank you. And uh, Morrow, uh, who was Simon Pegg, which is great to see him. It makes total sense. He's a geek at heart. So... Just a really strong, and then you had some other little minor characters, like uh, one of the uh, the five friends who fight at the end, like the little boy who's like an in-game ninja. Turns out he's just an eleven-year-old, yeah, right. And I think that's so funny because so many times, like when we're playing just Overwatch, for example, there's this someone who's just tearing it up, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's awesome. And then he gets on mic, he's like, hi guys, and you're like, what? You're like yeah. ten. Yep. How yep. are you doing this? So I thought that was a very like. Like, it was very poignant yes. of live video gaming. Yeah, very. they're very aware of what's going on in modern-day video gaming. Well, and they also touched on the whole fact of, uh, you know, when when he was like, oh, I think I'm in love with, with Artemis, right? And then H, who is in this game, the Avatar is a, a big... very large male character um, with a kind of a deep but unique voice. And he's like, he's like, Z, you don't know who that is. That could be some... 300 pound dude oh addressing catfishing basically um which is totally true and then it turns out that h himself is actually a female in real life yeah that was funny and and i kind of i kind of saw that coming sure but i uh but i still like where they went with that yeah it's lighthearted. so speaking of the characters what did you think of the love story in this it was one of the things i kind of shrugged out a little bit i was like i don't see it it just didn't work it felt a little forced it kind of didn't work for me either um it was a, unnecessary. I, yeah, well, okay. A, it was unnecessary. B, it felt like it came really quick. Right? Yeah. He meets her in game and he's like, I'm in love with her. And then she's like, you don't know what I am in real life. I would disappoint you. In real life, she shows up. 
she's gorgeous and she has a birthmark and it's like she has a little kratos mark it's so like dude that just that that actually makes you unique and really cool so the whole idea of her possibly being somebody else besides that's not good looking didn't work for me i almost wish that she was really somebody who was just average looking but she was really pretty yeah there was just like issues I had with there that. There was so much going on that he didn't need to be in love. You know what I mean? Yes. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I felt like it didn't need to be there and it was sort of forced because you need a love story. Yeah. But I guess if it's in the book and they kind of want to make sure it's touched on. Yes. So. Now, a big part of this movie, which had people, you know, guessing and identifying right from the release trailer, which came out however long ago that was, um, the cameos. Yeah. Yeah. This, so many my good eyes, ones. Especially in the big battle scenes, got tired just trying to like scan the screen. I to wanted see to who watch it in slow motion. Yeah, you need to slow it down. I, wa- sure. I wish I had a pause <laughs> button, but then we would have never finished the game movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the game's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the movie, which is based on the novel. Which I, is based on the story of a game. It's so circular. I think it's not so much, well, who did you see? It's who didn't you see? Let's point out some of the, the cameos that we remember and saw. Obviously, yes. Yeah, that really stuck out to me. I was like, "Oh, giving some love to Battle Ninja Toads. Turtles too." I didn't which, see them. Oh no, oh, Raphael. Multi- oh no. They, oh, well, they showed all of them. Not the good Ninja Turtles. That's the thing. Yeah, like the Michael Bay. I'm sure when they were like, you know, when they went over to whatever company or whoever owns that, and they were saying, "This is, is it Universal." I can't remember. So something. when they go and say, no, "Hey, Paramount. okay, Paramount, we want to use the Ninja Turtles," they said, "Sure." but you have to use the current Michael Bay ones because Ugh. those are the ones we're marketing. That's, and it's no one identifies as nobody. Yeah. I mean, someone, someone who's like six, who this is their first, you know, go around with an Ninja Turtles, Sure. But no one cool mm-hmm. identifies with yeah. these Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's when I said, who did, who did I see? Uh, I love the, some of the horror movie guys. They let Chucky in there, Freddie, Jason, uh, the Xenomorph, you mm-hmm. know, when she pretends to oh, yeah. uh, pop out of the chest, yep. that was cool. No predator. I didn't see a predator. No, no I predator. That was a predator. Duke Nukem. I missed him. Had a, oh, he's very short. He was actually in the trailer as well. Uh, the Spartans there was, uh, from there was Halo. apparently yeah oh yeah Spartans there apparently apparently was a big daddy that I missed really but but I heard from somebody else that there there was a big daddy and I yeah. was like oh how did I miss that I wonder if people who are responsible for this movie can even like have like Name a database all? of everything yeah. they use. I mean, you have to obviously to have imagine, permissions, but imagine the team that had to go and get the licensing to utilize the likenesses. Of oh my all gosh. Of those guys probably worked their asses off. Did you notice that there was several DC characters, but no Marvel? Interesting. So we saw Batman. Yes, we, we saw did. Joker. We saw yeah. Harley Quinn. Oh yeah. Who's Deathstroke. The... Deathstroke. Yep. We saw Deathstroke. Yep. I was about to say Deadpool. And I knew that wasn't right. Actually, I hadn't thought about that in, at the time, but yeah, now I can't think of any Marvel we saw some Street Fighter characters. Oh, yeah. Ryu was... Blanca, too. Yeah. Was in the nightclub. Oh, and uh, Chung Li. I saw her. And Chung Li. Yeah. Oh, and Overwatch was in there. Tracer was heavily featured. They yeah, even showed the Overwatch times. logo. But then you also had like just some old classics, right? You had uh, Godzilla, Gundam. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cool scene. King Kong, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and the, the, the Jurassic Park T-Rex. Of course. Oh, God. There's Spielberg's so many... pay a little homage to himself. Can we talk about... Um, can we talk? Yes, we can. Let's talk about the action sequences in this because there are a few that just stand out to me as, as so like memorable. Dude, that first real piece of action with the race. Yes, that's unbelievable. That's the highlight of the movie for and, sure. You know, the interesting thing is, is I love how his car's a DeLorean. 
Uh, yeah, and there you go. There's another Back to the Future. Yeah. She calls him Marty McFly, uh, and and the the race scene when it first was about to start, I was like, eh, okay, I knew this was coming. I'm totally not excited for this because they had shown r- it. for some reason, racing just to me is never been one of those gaming concepts that I really got behind. Yeah. In this case, though, it was like racing on complete steroids with pop culture mixed in. And I absolutely loved it. I w- I found myself smiling. Me too. While watching that scene, Especially, the entire time. And I think well, you'll agree with me. And I I hear what you're saying. But I think the second race, really, when he goes back and figures out the riddle while mm-hmm. doing the little you know um, film study on the dude's life, and he realizes he just has to go backwards. Yeah, and then you see the whole programming. Yeah. Playing out, and it's like it literally felt like I was inside an arcade cabinet super miniature yeah. watching like just it's really unique the coding take across and you know everything's it seemed so um uh, spontaneous like this thing was actually no it's all programmed 100 percent programmed yeah yeah and this does this at this time and whoever just happens to be in the way mm-hmm. and it was so cool i just uh, i loved how i really felt like i was a fly on the wall yeah i do love how when somebody dies right all their coins spill out kind of spill out very video game-ish and then you can pick it up and use it as like fuel yeah and he knew he was like, I'm going into this race, empty fuel tank, and I'm hoping to pick up some coins along the way. Yeah. And when he mentioned that in the beginning to H, I was kind of like, well, how does that work? And it was so cool to see someone get smashed with a wrecking ball or something like that. And he just comes and kind of turns the wheel and opens his door and the and the, and the money does that kind of thing it does in video games where it's attracted it's magnetic, to you when yeah. you get close to it. And it just kind of pours into his car and he just pushes it right over into the gas tank. And I'm like, dude, that was that's a world that I want to live in. I want to play that game. Me too. So, so good. Uh, the other, the big battle at the end. Yep. That was the other, that was the other one. Especially when uh, the... It was uh, very Lord of the Rings-ish. It felt, yeah, two opposing sides. One's used, there's like a big mountainside and, you know, volcanic eruptions. It was just, it had that, I hate this word, but it's so fitting, that epic feel. It, it, I mean, it was epic. I mean, there's no it was other grand. word for it. Oh, okay. It could be I grand, I guess there too. is another word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not two more for it. And that was also the situation where I felt my eyes literally getting tired from yeah, tracing to... over the screen, trying to find the cameos. And I actually found myself missing the action almost because I'm not watching... A little bit, yeah. I'm not watching the main car that's driving through the scene. I'm watching all around the scene just trying to see like... Oh look, there's that character. There's that character. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. So, it's. It, I really can't wait to see it again, and yes. I want to see it again in the theater. Me too. Um, I don't think this was so much an action scene, but I think my favorite scene of the movie, in conjunction with the the race scene, is when they're replaying and his date night, and you're seeing The Shining, and they're living out The Shining. That yeah. was funny, creepy. Uh-huh. awesome i mean it was so good it, well especially if you really like the shining so oh like, i love that movie like i like the unlike shining. stephen king i love that movie i know right apparently yeah. he hated it yeah and that was so clever so how weird. they t- twisted together things from and real life now that was no okay so here's some, one of the changes from the book to the movie sure that all of uh, all of the challenges all three of them are different oh okay so the shining thing is completely not even in the in the book. But see, I think that's okay. Not having read the book, I can almost I can't say definitively, but I think I appreciate how they're not just trying to copy it, you know, word per word. Yeah. You know, beat by beat. Rather like, okay, yeah, look, 
I understand they did this in the book, but I'm just going to put my own little thing right. on it. And I well, think that's cool. Like the race. I mean, we were just explaining how the race was the most exciting scene for us in that movie. In the original book, how do you how do you tell that story, right? And be like, and then King Kong was jumping around the buildings. Right. But visually, it really it jumps life, out. Like it sure. comes to life when you actually visually can see everything. And so I think they made the right decision to do that. And of course, somebody who read the book who's a real big fan is going to say, oh, I didn't like it because it wasn't following the book as closely. But as somebody who just went in to see a movie, oh, it entertaining was as hell. very entertaining. Absolutely. So one of the things I really enjoyed about this was after I left this movie, I felt almost proud to be a geek. Yes, I completely agree, especially when um, he's having the conversation, the head honcho from IOI, the guy that's trying to buy him out and just completely you know, make the Oasis a, a corporate entity when he knows enough about the guy that mm-hmm. he's probably getting fed all the information yeah. with the earpiece. And he says, you know, you're just a noob. Any true fanboy no, would have this he or says, something like that. Uh, a real gamer can uh, sniff out a hater or something like that. That was actually a cheesy line in my opinion. But, but I kind of feel like, yeah, take that. Yeah, I, well, and it, it did kind of, as a gamer, as somebody who really revels in the pop culture it did kind of make you go, yeah, you can't just fake your way through this. You have to put the time and effort into it. I know that sounds weird to say, but it's like, no, you have to have seen that movie. You have to be a real fan. Yeah, did you play Zelda when you were seven years old? Exactly. Something like that. So you can't just become a geek in that sense. You have to live that. Yes, this movie celebrated what it is to like geeky stuff. And I feel and like it came, that was a big overall message. Yeah, and it came from so many different pockets and so many different regions, you know, and just like, and there's so many different people, and yet we're all united with our love and whatever it is. It's like, it's Halloween. Everyone can dress up as something different, but we're celebrating, you know, just something outside of ourselves and a little escapism right. and just, you know, having fun around it for one night. Granted, it's a lifestyle in this movie, but, and I I just, the overall all message is be cool. You know, be cool to each other. <laughs> be cool, bro. Yeah. And just have fun, like, you know, with your escapism. And yeah, I mean, some of the people we play games with or have gamed with or some of our fellow gamers, they're, you know, not as socially graced as maybe people who don't. <laughs> right. But they they matter and they thrive in that world of theirs. And this and was okay. like, and this that's was a really positive message. You. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> and, you know, don't let anyone just try to sell it out and yep. take your joy out of it. I did have some little teensy tiny quips about this movie. Okay. It was too long. It was you know, a little bit too long. It dragged I on. I didn't into... realize how long it was until after it was done. And, well, and that's was a marker like, oh of, man, that was a long movie. And of, so... a, of a stimulation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking back, I'm like, I didn't need to be almost 220. Yeah. I really didn't think so. I thought, and we talked about the love scene. It wasn't there. I didn't understand. This isn't a complaint, but I didn't don't understand when he hides the three keys in the game and they explain it by saying, you know, they're invisible. You have to solve the puzzles to get them. And so that the, uh, the Iowa, so after he gets the first two keys, all right, or their, their team gets the first two keys, the IOI finds where the third is. They don't get it, but don't you have to have all three keys to unlock it? So like, I, I just don't understand uh, I, that's a good point. I don't know if you have to have. Or you, oh, have you to be do first have to have all three because. Or you have to be first on the leaderboard. No, like, no, no. You have. You have. You're right. You have to have all three because so, remember yeah. at the end when he was in the van, 
um, and he was in the harness, and and uh, he was he was playing in the Oasis, but yeah. his real life was in the van, and the van was like moving back and forth, and he was trying to stick the third key because oh, cool. he had to put all the keys in, and the final one, which was like the crystal key or whatever, he had to put it into the slot, but he couldn't quite make it because right. his physical body kept moving too much. So what happens if like so you he only gets like the second key? Someone else gets the first key and then third. Then you just have a stalemate. Like they, that just wasn't addressed fairly. Well, well, especially yeah, I don't know. I so you have to get all three keys then, essentially. IOI would have only conveniently had, did. had no. Actually, maybe maybe the whole thing is IOI because it showed IOI trying to get the second key. Yeah, I don't know if it tried if it showed them trying to get the first. But literally, once you see one person go backwards to get the third key or the first key then you can just do the same thing. Oh, okay. And so they didn't have to show it, but I'm sure they had the first key. You're not the sole holder. Yeah, they had hundreds of people going through the shining stage because remember it showed all these freaked out people screaming in the the VR headsets. Um, assuming that somebody somewhere down the line got the second key for them. I gotcha. So I'm I'm assuming they had the first and second key and just needed the third. Last little thing, and I don't, again, I don't have a reference. I don't know if this was in the book. I just thought, like, whoa, that was awfully drastic in a really kind of lighthearted movie when all of a sudden, you know, he offers to buy him out, basically. Like, hey, we'll give you $50 million and we'll set you up for life, and you can keep playing. And he turns him down, and, of course, you know, he kind of schools him and says, yeah, you're a hater, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, all right. Well, I'm going to kill your family then. <laughs> it was just like, whoa, that was a little drastic. <laughs> like, slow down, bro. Yeah. Well, he already killed his aunt and his asshole uncle. Yeah. Or step uncle, whatever. Well, that's that what is. I was referring to. Like, then the next scene, and he's like, all right, well, I know your name. Oh, And then he okay. bombs them. I'm like, well, that was a little drastic. Yeah. It felt a little like, oh, where'd that come from? It did add this weird, sudden weight yeah. to the stakes at the beginning that they never quite touched on. I guess it. it it never felt like it was as weighty yeah. as the movie went on, but I think that they needed that because it served they as needed a catalyst. to show, yeah, they needed to have some sort of catalyst. But it, things did seem to, you know, it did have one of those, it's, it's basically an issue that movies have a hard time getting over that without going too long, but things did sort of fall in line a lot where Artemis's group found Parzival right after his aunt was killed right like right after and then um he meets h yep right in the nick of time when he needs it and had no idea she was coming and they didn't really explain how she found him but then also in her van are um a daito and show yeah daito and show yeah so it's just little conveniences there was like a lot of little things where i was like ah, that was convenient well that was convenient but you do forgive it because especially when it's a two-hour and 20-minute movie, you're like, well, I don't expect them to explain that and using 10 more minutes of the movie. Two things I would have liked a little more from this movie. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to know more boobs. about... No. Could always use more boobs. I, I was actually surprised. Surprisingly cool with it. <laughs> uh, I would have liked to know more about Wade. Like He gives a little explanation as to who he is, but it's just like, well, okay, how is he such a genius and what does he do? And I don't think he's a genius. I just think he was obsessed with the creator. Well, that's true. But he just knew to look for clues that no one else did. So he's almost like feel like he was on the spectrum a little bit. And <laughs> I don't mean to be I... like say that as a negative thing, but he just could see things differently and de- decipher. He even outsmarted um, 
uh, Moro, you know, in that one scene when they're watching film back, and he's like, remember, and he's like, when it turns out Moro is the curator, the AI built into the, mm-hmm. the research facility, and he even outsmarted the AI in that one he scene. He didn't so. outsmart him. The AI, well, because Moro was the AI. Yes. And Moro bet, he basically gave him... Oh, the wrong would, information because he wanted to give him the extra Because he knew he was the because guy. Because he knew at some point the one he's going to need yeah, the extra Yeah, that was cool life. and that all tied so together. So it, it wasn't, he knew. I, I feel like Morrow was the only one who knew. But he's the only one that ever called him on it. Sure. Yeah. But I just I just felt like, hey, here's this kid, here's this character, but I, I just didn't get a lot of his 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 character. Like, he was just... Wade, you mean? Yeah. I get that. Yeah, I would have liked just more to know more about him. And then, last thing, I promise, okay. I've said it like three times by now, I wish there would have been Transformers in it. I did not see a Transformer. That would have been cool. Right. Especially if you can get the Ninja Turtles in there. It's the same company who owns Transformers. Right. It's like just... And I wonder if they had to pay for it. I wonder if, I wonder if they had to pay to use the rights or if the company was just happy to have them use it's the likeness yeah. for the slight added bit of attention that they get for those characters. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, we've been on this for quite a while. It just speaks to how much enjoyability it had. It really did. What would you give this overall? You know, it's interesting because if you look at reviews, they're nowhere near as high as I'm going to give it. But I really just, I love this movie. I, and I and I know it comes down to the fact that they were playing on so much nostalgia and so much pop culture that if you break all that down and you just focus on the story, the story is not great, but it was enough to get me through it and the action. But when you do put it all together in a movie, I really liked it, and I would give this thing like a ninety-five. Cool, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm a ninety. Okay, uh, not, solid nine out of ten. This was an A movie, uh, an entry level A, I would say. Okay. Good, good job, cool. Spielberg. As we always do, we're going to wind down with a couple of treats for you. The first... Treats. Yeah, they're treats. Yeah, sure. First, Brandon is going to give me something we call the shadow of the synopsis. He's going to read me a synopsis of some something in pop culture, a comic book, a movie, a TV show, video game. You know what we do by now. Uh, and I got, just got to guess what it is. And mm-hmm. then after that, I'm going to give you an awesome quote in geek history before we go. That's my cue. That's your cue. Here's this week's shadow of the synopsis for you, Brandon. Mankind has perfected time travel. It's the future, and the government establishes the Time Enforcement Commission, or TEC for short, to thwart criminal attempts to alter the timeline. Police officer Walker is recruited by TEC commander Matuzak, but soon finds his investigation of a senator uh, is being thwarted by elements within the government organization. And now Walker's wife, Melissa, is attacked, being threatened, and he must travel across time to rescue her and save the future. I'm going to guess Walker, Texas Time Traveler. Honestly, if it's not Walker, Texas Time Traveler... There's no such thing, so it's not. Then I, I, I don't know what this is. Just give me a hint. Is it a movie, TV show, video game? It is a movie. Yeah, God, I just don't... I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it. Okay. So I, I give up. We've been... Not very good lately. <laughs> um, very basic, kind of dumb movie. Do you remember Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, man. No, that's a no, huh? I mean, I do. I remember the movie. I don't remember details of that movie. You want to know how old it is already? For a movie about 80... the future? 
94. That's all you're like. I was 20, say almost 25 years old. Man. Okay. Were you playing along at home? Did you get it? Let us know. Yeah, let us yeah, know. Us. Okay, before we go, we always give you an awesome quote in geek history. And one of my favorite television shows is the show 24. The and original. The original uh, 24. I remember when they redid it like last year with... It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I'm sidetracking us. But throughout all of those seasons, and, and Jack Bauer just becomes that like badass, right? I mean, he's badass from the beginning, but over through the seasons, he just gets more and more of a badass. And I was like, I need to pick a quote from Jack Bauer, the character played by Kiefer Sutherland, that really just is the epitome of who that character is. And so this is this is what I got for you. Lauren, I have killed two people since midnight. I have not slept for over 24 hours. So maybe, maybe you should be a little more afraid of me than you are right now. I'm afraid. Badass. God, Jack Bauer. Do you remember all of those Jack Bauer versus Chuck Norris things? Do you, ever, do you remember that? When, when 24 was happening and Chuck Norris was kind of this, before memes were memes, he was like, in the kind of pop culture is like, oh, when Chuck Norris does push-ups, he pushes the earth down. Of course. You know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so there were all these, you can also interchange them with Jack Bauer. There was a website that dedicated the entire website to stories, written stories of Jack Bauer versus Chuck Norris. Who would you want to write? And they were Obviously ridiculous. your favorite show is, is 24. I'd go but Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Wow. That's episode 51. In a nutshell. In a, well, that's an hour-long nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that sounded weird. Hey, guys, we want to, of course, say that you can get a hold of us lots of different ways. Twitter is one of the best ways. We are at randomfandomwbb. Please feel free to reach out to us at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. And wherever you're listening to us, please go back and check out all our past episodes. Rate us. Give us a good score. It really helps us be found We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. Stay geeky.